You are listening to the Paranormal Chronicles radio show. Here is your host, paranormal researcher and author of the best-selling A Most Hunted House, Gavin Lee Davis. Welcome to the Paranormal Chronicles podcast. I am your host, G.L. Davis, author of the number one best-selling Haunted Horror of Haverford West and founder of the Paranormal Chronicles. Thank you to everyone for joining us for a very chilling edition that some listeners may find distressing. This Supernatural series is brought to you by our series sponsor, Sixth-Books.com. This month, Sixth-Books.com featured books are... The Foreseeable Future by Gary Williams, which investigates foresight and prophecy, and Evolutionary Metaphors by David J. Moore, which is the groundbreaking research into UFOs. Visit sixth-books.com for more details. Thank you to everyone that has enjoyed the series so far, with our episodes on haunted roads, ancient man as space travellers, and children seeing ghosts. Thank you to all our new followers. One of you has won a signed copy of Haunted Horror of Haverford West. You will be announced at the end of this show. Remember to follow for your chance to win great paranormal books in our monthly followers draw on tonight's show. Do demons exist? What would you do with a sex pest ghost? Have you seen a ghost? Many of you know that I collect paranormal accounts from real-life witnesses, and on this very episode, I am playing you several accounts, which include a demon encounter and several ghost stories too. Please be warned that these recordings do contain strong language, and one account deals with a very sexually charged entity. If you have your own experiences, thoughts, views, or opinions, then contact us on Facebook or Instagram as The Paranormal Chronicles, on Twitter at Paracron, or email paranormalchronicles at aol.com. On with the show. Hi, my name's Claire Elliott. I'm from Manchester. And I'm currently researching electronic voice phenomena, EVP, for my MSc in psychology at Manchester Metropolitan University. So I'm fascinated by the psychology of paranormal belief. I still go ghost hunting, but I'm a sceptic. So I, I'm looking at whether certain groups are more susceptible to hearing something in noise that isn't there than others. So that's what I'm researching at the minute. I'm due to finish, hopefully, at the end of this year. You can check out my website, which is clairewitchfiles.com. And on there, you'll see my Twitter account, Facebook, and uh, various other things I've been getting up to. So also do interviews with people who've had paranormal experiences. So whilst I am a skeptic, I am open to the possibility that the paranormal may exist. So I, I talk to a lot of people about their paranormal experiences with an open mind, because I'm interested in the psychology of paranormal perception and the way people describe their experiences. And I have had my own paranormal experience, so I know these things can happen. So I'm just going to briefly mention a, a recent ghost story I heard from one of my friends called Chloe. The, the title of it is Haunted Hotel Telephone Calls from the Dead, which is kind of linked to my research as well. So her and her husband-to-be were getting married, and they had booked two nights in a hotel. Now, she spent the first night in the hotel on her own, obviously because it was before the wedding. And about 5 to 12 midnight, she woke up with a very odd feeling. And as soon as she woke up, the telephone rang. And on the, the phone, there was a little boy that was saying, Mummy, Mummy, I'm lost. I don't know where I am. And he kept saying this several times. And Chloe was obviously quite upset and said, you know, are you okay? Where are you? Whereabouts are you in the hotel? You know, stay where you are and I'll come and get you. 
but the message was quite repetitive so it just kept saying over and over again that message and then the line went dead so she ran down to the reception and said there's a I think there's a boy lost in the hotel can you come you know can you help me out and they were quite dismissive of of this and she she wasn't sure why and they said, oh, just just ignore it. So she was insistent, you know, there's a child in trouble here. We need to investigate what's happening. And eventually they said, ignore it. It's it's the ghost. Forget about it. So obviously a bit a bit perplexed. She went back to, to her room. And the next day she went on, you know, Facebook and had a look at the information online. And she um, found out afterwards that the actual hotel itself used to be a priest school. And in Ireland, if families couldn't look after afford to look after their children they were often sent away to become priests and in the back garden of this hotel there were six graves and apparently because these children were sent away from their families the records weren't always kept so if any children died in the hotel it may be that they couldn't contact the families and so their bodies weren't reclaimed so they're actually buried on the site now there were rumors and i hasten to add these are only rumors that there were there was um abuse that taking place in the hotel and one of the a group of the um, former residents actually wanted a particular priest prosecuted when she got married without further incident and when she was looking back at the photos she noticed there was um, an, a light anomaly a bit like a lightning strike on some of the photos and when she investigated further there were pictures of this particular priest at the at the time when he was doing mass and there was a very similar lightning strike on those photos as well which obviously she thought was very spooky she also found out on a trip advisor a previous post a few years previously another woman had stayed in that room and had a very similar experience and apparently now the room that she stayed in is no longer available to book so even though she's tried to book it several times and well in advance, she can't actually book that room. You know, she hasn't been able to book that room again to see if it would happen again. So it does sort of add credibility to the fact that this room and hotel might be haunted, particularly as they didn't want it to be publicised. You know, they didn't want to advertise it like a lot of places would do. So I thought that was quite an interesting story. I don't know if I'll necessarily be staying there anytime soon. <laughs> My name is Jennifer Malik. I am a physical psychic medium, paranormal investigator, and resident demonologist for Northern Wisconsin Paranormal Society Limited. I am also a contributing writer to Supernatural Magazine, and I am also a host for Paraversal Universe. My scariest encounter happened about 10 years ago. I was living in South Florida. I wasn't working with any particular paranormal team. However, whenever certain teams in my area needed mediums to walk home for investigations, they would call me to come in and I would do a medium walk. This one particular case, I was contacted and I was asked by a paranormal society, and I can't remember their name. It's so long now, but they had asked me to come in and do a walk of the home. So I get inside the front door and I, and I meet, I was with the, the lead investigator and I meet with the homeowners. He had introduced me to the homeowners. They seemed really, really nice, genuinely worried people about the activity in their house. Before I started to do my walk, I felt some kind of an immediate pull to the closet to the right of the hallway. And I couldn't figure it out why. And I asked them to open the door so I can look in. And I noticed on the floor, after looking around for a few minutes, that they literally had two pieces of wood that didn't match with the rest of the wood paneling on the floor. So I, I asked 
the lead investigator or the home and the homeowners, you know, it was down there. They said that they didn't know. So the investigator got the permission to look and there was the Ouija board underneath the floorboards. So I didn't say anything because I didn't even start my walk yet. They let me walk the home. I walked. Now the way the house is, it's kind of it, all the all the houses in South Florida. They're 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 mainly one floor houses. There's no second floor. There's no attic. So this one particular home was kind of brown. It was like a ranch style house. So anyway, I'm walking the house. I walked all the rooms downstairs. I walked all the rooms. And in this particular house, though, it was weird. They had a second floor. So I mean, there are houses in in Florida that have second floors, but they're rare. I walked through a hallway and I got to the first set of stairs and I walk up the stairs and it's about four steps. It's four steps before you get to a flat surface and then you have to kind of turn on an angle to go up the stairs. So I'm standing there and I got my hand on the banister and I got as far as the first step and out of nowhere I literally saw this seven foot tall black shadowy mass. It had no shape. It had no form. At this point, I'm frozen in fear. I'm trying to move, and I felt like I was stuck, like I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. I couldn't yell. I couldn't do anything to signal for help. About that time, this seven-foot-tall mass came right at me from the steps, and I got hit with this wicked cold spot. This thing literally picked me up and threw me across the room, and I smacked right into the side of a wall. Of course, by then, you know, everybody had heard it, and they came running, and they, they had to help me up. There was no hole in the wall, and luckily, I didn't break anything, but I did have sprained ankle for at least a good couple of weeks, because I didn't know if it was broken or not at that point. I'm standing there, and the homeowners are just standing there, and I notice the homeowners are smiling at each other. And at the same time, I'm trying to ask them questions about, you know, I'm explaining to them that, you know, you have something demonic here. Have you guys ever been attacked? And I'm, I'm asking all these questions, and they're just sitting there smiling. Well, then it hits me, because I have this being is now communicating with me. I can hear it speaking to me. Nobody else could hear it but me. And it turns out this thing was actually guarding one of the rooms upstairs because these people had some kind of an altar in their room, in this particular room, where they would actually do satanic rituals and black masses. This is normal for them. And so I looked at, you know, the homeowners, and I was like, how dare you? Who the fuck do you think you are? I was like, you you, you know, you're, you're putting... You put me in danger. I could have almost been injured or worse, severely injured or worse. I said, you're sitting there laughing and smiling. It's not right when you sit there and you bait people like us, investigators, mediums, or psychics, you know, intuitives, empaths, investigators, clergy. You know, it's not, it's not fun when you sit there and you bait us and you don't tell us any history about the home. And then when we walk in, you don't say anything. And I said, you're putting everybody in danger here, including yourselves. And I said, you guys don't need help. You guys need Jesus. And it was after that I had to be, I had to have help getting into the car and I had to have help. They had to drive me home and help me into the house because I couldn't walk because I sprained my ankle. I found out two months later that child services and the church got involved because I didn't know this at the time. Nobody said anything and I didn't initially pick up on they had that they had children, but they had two children, and when the children were born, they did rituals over the two children to where each children had a demonic attachment put on them. After that, I suffered 
months of retaliations. I would get the sulfuric smells, the smells of decay. I would get physically assaulted and knocked around in my house. It didn't matter if it was day or night. And I found out later on that this particular demonic being was in fact one of the seven devils, one of the seven princes of hell. And I had to get a Catholic priest to come in and bless my home. And finally, after the home got blessed, all the activity stopped. And that still gives me anxiety when I talk about it to this day, because I don't like calling up those energies in a way, so to speak. It it causes me to, it's changed my perspective on how the demonic work. And it's to the point now where I sleep in our bedroom and I have to have at least two to three nightlights on as a result of my encounter. So that's all I have to say, and that has literally been my most scariest negative experience ever. My name is Ashley Shannon. I am a writer, reviewer, blogger. I run They Made Me Do It movie blog site, and I write short stories, screenplays, uh, all things to do with with horror and sci-fi. I'm going to tell you a scary story that happened to me many years ago. It was 2010, and I was living in Swansea at the time with my partner. She had been away for a couple of days, and as I would usually do, I I watched a load of horror films uh, to pass the time, and I, I chose to watch Paranormal Activity film, the first one, for the first time, on my own, in my flat, with all the lights out, which is scary enough as it is, if you've seen that film. So I watched it, and it scared the hell out of me, and I had to turn all the lights on and put on you know, something something that wasn't horror on the telly, and uh, something that was funny. It basically, yeah, got over it and went to bed, and then the next day, my uh, my partner at the time came back from being away, and I said, well, you've got to watch this this horror film, it's amazing, it's it's scary, and it's, you know, it's very real, found footage kind of horror film. So we put it on, on the telly in, in, in the living room, and she was definitely scared, I was scared again, slightly less so, but still scared. And then after the film had finished, she said, oh, I'm, I'm just going to go to the toilet, you know, hope, hope no, nothing gets me while I'm in there, that, that kind of nervous uh, joking. And, and so she went into the toilet. And when she came back out, I was staring at the window behind the TV. She started staring at it too. And we both saw a handprint on the window that had been formed by, by the condensation around it. Uh, but the handprint was really quite long, quite elongated, and the fingers were, were elongated as well. And it looked you know, really, really creepy and scary like something that would happen in the film itself. So straight away she looks at me and, and says, you you dick, what have you done? You know, Why have you done this? I said, I, I swear to God, I did not do that. I didn't put my hand there. No one has put their hand there. The TV was, was in front of the window, so no one would have any reason to lean over and put their hand on that window. No one would do that. She didn't believe me at all. Thought I was trying to wind her up, give her an extra, an extra scare after the film. And I, I, I swore to her again, it wasn't me. This, this hand... This handprint has been formed through through no interference of my own, and I assume through no interference of you either. She didn't talk to me for the rest of the night. Uh, she went to bed. I'm just left up on my own, scared scared out of my wits at this mysterious handprint on the window. But, you know, I, I try and rationalise it. Just think, well, someone must have put their hand there at some point in the last few days. Then, obviously, we didn't notice it until the condensation had formed around it. It's just one of those things. So I get up to go and wipe the handprint off, and it's on the outside of the window. And this is a flat on the top floor, about six or seventh floor of a block of flats. Nothing outside the window, no balconies, no way anyone would have been able to put a hand on the outside of the window. And then I went to bed as well, but 
to this day, neither of us know how that handprint got there. I didn't tell her that it was on the outside. She still doesn't know. And yeah, we've never figured out what it was. So if you know, maybe maybe you can tell me and, and write in and let me know. But I've, I've got no idea what it was. But it, you know, it certainly made paranormal activity about 10 times scarier. We will be right back after these important messages. Hi there, my name is Claire Waters and I would like to invite you on an incredible journey. I have written a book based on my personal experiences called Raising Faith, a true story of raising a child psychic medium. It's my family's extraordinary experiences with our young daughter's ability to communicate with spirits and the inspirational lessons learned on our journey. Raising Faith is currently available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle and wherever books are sold. Join me on this beautiful and incredible adventure. For more information on Raising Faith, visit my website, raisingfaith.co.uk, or my Facebook page, Raising Faith Book. See you there. Sixth Books will take you to other worlds, haunt you, open your mind, and push you far beyond the veil of the unknown. Sixth Books is a leading publisher of books on the body, mind, and spirit, the paranormal, consciousness, ancient wisdom, and the afterlife. Explore today, learn today, open your mind today, read today. Visit sixth-books.com today. The world as you know it is about to change. Do you wish for more paranormal and spiritual content? The Paranormal Chronicles magazine is a free digital magazine crammed with the very best in paranormal and spiritual articles and features. No sign-up, no subscription, just free reading and knowledge for you. Read today at www.theparanormalchronicles.com forward slash magazine. The International Chart Topping Haunted Horror of Haverford West has been described as terrifyingly real a must read shocking and chilling brilliance genuinely worrying utterly frightening don't read before bed described as one of the spookiest writers out there best-selling author gl davies presents haunted horror of haverford west the true paranormal account that is shocking the world dare you enter dare you read haunted Horror of Haverford West is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, and wherever books are sold. Pray you never have to live there. Hi, my name's Nikki Davis. I am the lead investigator of Devon Ghost Adventures down here in sunny Devon. I want to tell you a little story about a place that we were lucky to find and a quick story behind it. Now in Devonport in Plymouth, very historic part of Plymouth, there stands the Crown and Column. It was built in the 18th century as a lodge and a boarding house. It looks exactly the same today as it did back then. And the story behind this building is when it was a lodge and boarding house, people used to actually go there and die. And just across the road is, is Devonport Guildhall, where they have the cells and the mortuaries. So people used to die in this boarding house, and their bodies would be taken across the road. Well, this place turned into, over a period of quite a few years, into a public house. Over a period of time, this place has obviously changed hands many, many times. Well, in the last 
hundred years maybe. The place has been left empty on many occasions. There's always been stories of ghosts and dark spirits and poltergeist activity. Well how we got to go into this place was the lady that owned it three or four years ago. She had brought it and then she'd moved in. She was a single parent, two boys. She'd run a pub before and she'd heard the stories but you know money was tight, the place was cheap. So she moved in, she opened the pub and on her first night everything went great downstairs. The boys went home because they were a bit older so they didn't live with her. She then went to the top of the house. She got it turned out the lights, she went into but got into bed. About an hour later she could feel something. I'm quite sure what it was and just as she rolled over the quilt started slipping off her bed. At that point she got up, she put on her clothes, she walked out. As she walked out the bedroom door slammed behind her. She walked out of that pub and she never went back. So three years later I happened to have a conversation with her in another pub that she was running and she gave me the keys and I went in and Everything was exactly as it was when she left. So we started doing investigations there. And then delving into the history, the landlady prior to her had experienced some sort of sexual thing, if you like, getting in bed with her. And that's why they sold. So I thought I'd go and lay on this bed. Damn thing, didn't want me, did it? Gutted. Anyway, so what we did, we got all this equipment in. We had the ghost box going, just the team, five of us. This building was just really eerie. So we stood there and then got the green lights going, you know, everything's all happening. And all of a sudden we have the obvious, the ghost box, and it all went, fuck off, get out. And something came flying out of this bedroom. Next minute I've turned around and my whole team have disappeared. And I was stood there on my own and I thought, okay, this isn't great. The ghost box is still swearing at me. It is Denport. That's, they do a lot of swearing in Denport. And at this point I thought... I need to come back. So we did an investigation there and whatever is in that building isn't that fond of men. Very fond of women. A lot of stories of bums being touched and all sorts of lucky things like that. Except it didn't like me so I never had a chance. And one night we had this chap come along, total disbeliever. And we just stood there and all of a sudden he goes running out the door. And I just managed to catch up with him. He says to me, I saw an eight foot black figure. I'm never coming back in. And we haven't heard from him since. So the pub went back on the market to be sold. And because of the history of the place with this so-called sexual predator of a spirit, nobody brought it. So it still lays empty today. No one will open it back up. Hello there. My name is Kat Hobson. I am the host of Paranormal Experience on WCJV Digital Broadcasting out of Youngstown, New York. I live in Birmingham, Alabama, and I'm a paranormal investigator. The team that I work with is called Spirit Communications and Research. We're all located in the metro Birmingham area, and Scare Investigations is fairly old. We've worked together for several years. We host, on occasion, some fundraising events, and one of those took place at Kaimalga Gristmill, which is outside of our area. We had several people join us, and we had done the normal go into the mill, listen, do EVP sessions. The experiences picked up a little bit after we explained that we're there for this. We're not trying to do anything and get people out, and that was okay. So... Towards the end of the evening, the investigation moved outdoors. 
It was cold. It was damp because we were by a river. But it was lovely. It was one of those things that, you know, they have a beautiful covered bridge and the path down to the river. And no places really that people lived because it was very, very rural. We've got about 20 people outside. We're listening. We're doing EVP sessions. We are doing live listening with voice recorders with the headphones. Everything seems normal. And you heard someone scream. And it was a piercing scream. It's the type of scream I would associate with a banshee. I mean, it was a woman being murdered, basically. It was horrid. And we do have wildcats here in our area. And that was really the first thing that came to mind. And then I realized that not everyone had heard that. We had a couple of sensitives there. I am one. And we heard it. And everybody else was very complacent. We just kind of looked at each other. And the gentleman with me decided that it was time to go. So he starts trying to head back up toward the covered bridge and back up towards the mill itself. And nobody realizes what's going on. I'm sitting there. People start shining their flashlights into the woods when they realize he's concerned. And all of a sudden, there was a presence that you could feel that realized we were there. One of the people who was live listening heard drums being played, Native American drums. There's several Native tribes in this area. We have the Cherokee. We have the Porch Creek Indians. The area that we were in was more than likely Cherokee. There have been a lot of Indian wars. There have been a lot of battles from the Civil War. There's been all kinds of bloodshed on our, on our land. The drums continued to beat. It was terrifying, actually, because you could feel the energy moving toward us through the woods. And it was coming quickly. Quickly but stealthily. You could just feel that they were angry because there was someone there. They didn't know who we were. So they were investigating us while we were trying to figure out what was going to happen to us. It was so intense that I, the fierce paranormal investigator with years of experience, knows no fear, been in the woods forever, been in much more frightening places in my paranormal career, stepped behind one of my fellow <laughs> investigators as though he could help me. It was probably the funniest thing that's happened to me in my paranormal career as well as being the scariest because I could feel where they were. I knew where they were. We had a fluor imager and the thermal imaging. My coworker was trying to find where they were and I just took her hand and I turned it and I said, there's one there and there's one there. And she got, she found them and she got the images caught on the memory card. At that point, people were trying to go into the woods to interact, and I didn't feel that was a good idea because we were becoming surrounded, and we had all these guests who were our responsibility to make sure that they were safe, that you know it wasn't a negative experience. It was disconcerting because I wasn't real sure there wasn't going to be a negative experience, and I have to tell you that having all those people was a great thing, actually, because it gave focus and I could concentrate on shielding them and kind of getting them up to the bridge and 
back up under the guise of getting some cocoa. <laughs> yeah. And the, the spirits followed us back up to our vehicles. It was probably the most intense paranormal experience I've ever had. I know that it was the closest to being actually frightened that I have been in any investigation that I've participated in. And I'm going back because I want to see what they wanted. But I didn't want to do that with people that were not experienced. And that's why my show is called Paranormal Experienced. Because it's all about the stories and and what happens. Y'all come join me. There we have it. I hope you enjoyed these chilling accounts and they give you much to ponder while you lie in bed tonight. If you'd like more paranormal and spiritual content, then check out our free digital paranormal magazine at www.theparanormalchronicles.com forward slash magazine. It's free, no sign up, no nonsense, just dozens of articles and paranormal experiences. Read today, it's free. That's www.theparanormalchronicles.com forward slash magazine. Talking of reading, K3JQ98 has won a signed copy of Haunted Horror of Haverford West. Please could K3JQ98 contact us at paranormalchronicles at aol.com to claim your prize and thank you so much for following and supporting. To our listeners, press follow and every month the Paranormal Chronicles podcast will have a prize draw to reward one of our followers with a paranormal book. It's easy to enter, just press follow now. Stay tuned as I'll be uploading more of my recordings with a bizarre UFO encounter and some more ghost accounts. Let me leave you with this from Thomas Hardy. My spirit will not haunt the mound above my breast, but travel memory possessed to where my tremulous being found life largest best. My phantom foot shape will go when nightfall greys hither and thither along the ways I and another used to know in backward days. And there you'll find me, if a jot, you still should care for me and for my curious air, if otherwise, and I shall not for you be there. Sleep well. <laughs>